Hey everyone, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of The Warehouse Sessions. I'm Josh, aka The Warehouse Guy. First off, I wanted to give a heads up that my audio quality in this episode isn't exactly fantastic. We recorded the episode a few weeks ago when, unfortunately, the only mic at my disposal wasn't great. It's not the best, just to let you know. Second, in this special first episode, my good friend Creflo and I have a broad conversation about the ocean. Make sure to stick around for when he gets technical about the acidification of the ocean. It's really something special. To cap it off, it really means a lot to me that you're listening, and I really hope you enjoy it. Again, thank you. What's up, fellas and ladies? This is Cref, a.k.a. God Piju Black Emperor, a.k.a. IRA Chris, a.k.a. Field Chardon. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. This is your inside scoop on how to pronounce his uh, Twitter handle. Um, but thank you for listening. Well, today, Creflo and I, beforehand, we discussed the topic of conversation, and we decided that we would like to talk about the ocean. I just felt like the ocean was a really good starting <laughs> it's big of conversation. It's big. It's real it's big. big. It's very broad. What, what do you like about the ocean? So the ocean probably contains some of my best memories of getting the shit kicked out of me by it. <laughs> fair. That's fair. That, yeah, like going down the Cape in the summer or going to Long Island with my grandpa and learning how to ride the waves and not get pummeled. Yeah. Like, because I've, I've like lived on the East Coast for my whole life and I'm used to the ocean. I kind of, I have a healthy respect for it. That the ocean and, and its denizens and the power it holds. Oh yes, that's yeah. for sure. Because I'm, I have similar childhood experiences with the ocean just on the opposite side of the East Coast in Florida where my grandparents live, um, where they would take us out they would, uh, we would rent a boat for a week when we visited and they would take us out to coral reef patches and we would dive, you know, 10 feet down and have all these fascinating one-on-one -on -one experiences with, you know, these, these creatures that I had only really ever seen in books before, you know, like when I was 10, the first time yeah. I did it. And we saw a shark and I was 10 and I saw a shark like, 40 feet away from me you got some good shit yeah what do you have down there tiger sharks nurse sharks it was a i believe it was a sand shark it wasn't very yeah big. sand sharks are down there yeah it wasn't very big and um no yeah 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 it was a it was a sand shark yeah um because my my uncle uh when we came up when when we all saw it we were like oh my god when we came up um my uncle was like, Josh, you know what shark that was? And I was like, I don't, I couldn't really tell, to be honest. And he was like, that was a, that was a sand shark. That's an uncle fact. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. One day you'll have your own uncle facts. I can't wait for my uncle facts. It's going to be a little while. My siblings are all younger than me. Same. Yeah, I won't be an uncle for a while. But that's fine because... All I got to take care of right now is my cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about the ocean too because uh, I, I watched this documentary on Netflix a few nights ago 
the one that I told you about, uh, the right, one, the octopus. Yeah, my octopus teacher. Uh, did you end up watching that? No, I haven't got to watch it yet. Might be tomorrow though. I, I mean, it's definitely like from what I've seen of it, plus what you said, like that's a must-watch for me. Yeah, it's really intriguing. It's it's. I'll give you like a, a brief description. Do you want a brief description? Oh hell yes. Okay, cool. Give it to so, me. So basically, this South African filmmaker. He basically has a midlife crisis, quits making films, and is like really depressed. He starts to swim in the ocean a lot, uh, you know, free diving style, and he ends up exploring and then he finds an octopus. And then he starts filming the octopus because he's interested. And then he says, you know what? I'm going to film this octopus every day for a year. So it's about his experiences and journey filming this octopus every yeah. day for a year. So. It's really cool. Yeah, it actually sounds beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful. He forms this like true emotional bond with his octopus. And we both know that octopuses are super intelligent creatures. Yes. Like we're aware of that. And it's just really fascinating. Yeah. And also it's really interesting, his personal journey too, the way he describes it, at least. He was saying that he was essentially reaching enlightenment with the help oh, of yeah. an octopus. Maybe that octopus was, was the Buddha. That, that octopus follows the Dharma, I have to say. Yes. But I mean, I think there, there's something to be said about that connection, that kind of spiritual connection between nature at large and also in religions. Especially, I think you find that more in like Eastern religions and like, um, like American indigenous religions and stuff and the way... Oh, yeah. The way it connects, but also I think the way that you feel as a person, for instance, out on the boat in the middle of the ocean and just seeing the vastness and kind of having to reckon with your, the small scale of your existence amongst <laughs> the scale of the earth and the scale of the oceans on a physical sense, but also as far as age goes and the history there. Oh, yes. You on know, where, where you're sitting on a cosmological perspective and also like where you're on the ocean it might have been continent before exactly that is a really profound way of looking mm -hmm. at the ocean for sure um and and how humans view it because that's a, that's a good point i'm i'm really fascinated with how humans have uh, their own cultural interpretations of what the ocean is right like i i love learning about what it meant for them you know it's really really interesting yeah i mean when they witness the power of the ocean and then develop the myths of sea monsters and krakens and yes and then they venerate it and fear mm -hmm. it and respect it and respect it and love it in a way yeah and you think about like these ancient peoples whether it's the vikings or the pacific islanders traveling in these little wooden boats across these vast expanses of water and they had no idea where the hell they were going. No, and they did it, and they got to places like Newfoundland or Easter Island, or you know, which is, I think, the most remote piece of land, at least that's settled in the entire world. It's at least a thousand miles of open water to get there. That is, you know, from anywhere. It's insane. It's unbelievable. It is. It it says it's one of the most remote inhabited islands in the world. Yeah. The nearest inhabited land is 1,200 miles mm -hmm. away. 
Oh my God. Yeah. That's fun. People made it there. People found there. You know, you know who did that? Aliens. That's right. Yeah. Ancient yeah. aliens, baby. The ancient astronaut theory strikes again. But, I, mean, uh, I could I could talk for hours about how like the whole fucking ancient aliens thing is reactionary. How is it reactionary? <laughs> it's me, a reactionary me, tendency. It's a, me, it's a fundamental lack of belief in human ingenuity. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I can go for for way oh, too long yeah. about that, especially I, when I've had a few sips of beer. I totally get it, and and especially with um, how civilizations develop yeah. such amazing and beautiful architecture and fascinating engineering and then like we're just like like a 40 year old white guy is like no those uh incans couldn't have done that it's goddamn aliens no exactly it's a bunch of coke from fucking groipers (laughs) (laughs) drag their asses got their asses just ended their whole fucking lives i'm done for but yeah i mean going back i think to um the scale of the ocean. Well, not the, sorry, not the scale, but like respect for it. But I mean, like, you know, we don't comprehend the ocean like we used to, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause we, I mean, fundamentally we know what's on the other side of the Atlantic ocean and yeah. necessarily know that before. And that's just one aspect of it. Well, we can know. kind of like use sonar to probe the depths and we have, you know, we can use submarines to get down into like the deepest trenches and stuff. And yet we still know next to nothing about oceanic biology and species and entirely entire ecosystems we've never seen before. Yeah. New species every day. And, and how much of the ocean floor has been mapped, you know, Mm -hmm. 3% or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's some silly small number. And for all we know, Godzilla could be still out there. Yeah. He's just sleeping. The Meg. Yeah, exactly. The megalodon, real kraken. I would love for a kraken to exist. Can you imagine if, like, Jeff Bezos was out on his yacht in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and it just disappeared, um, washed up to shore in bits on Bermuda, and it was that, the kraken? That would be awesome. They're, like, beak, clearly, like, yeah. suction marks. Yeah, there's, there's like, suction marks and, like, like bite marks. But clearly from a beak and not from teeth. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe a little, like, ink left over. Do you, something like that. Do you remember the bloop? The bloop? No. Have you heard of the bloop? What is it? The bloop is the ultra-low frequency, high-amplitude underwater sound. That's um, right. Yes. So, and it was, like, just a few hundred miles away from Relay, the, mm. the ancient sleeping city where Cthulhu lies. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could pronounce the, uh, the, the Elbridge saying, but I'm oh, not meant to. Uh, yeah, no, that's a silly thing to try and pronounce right now. <laughs> I already did that bit on my account anyway. You know, there's the theory that the bloop was the, you know, Cthulhu or mm-hmm. some giant unknown whale species or something like that. Right. But I'm Something pretty- that's been able to avoid... Human but I, detection for this long. Yeah, I think the most commonly accepted theory is that it was ice calving, you know. Yeah, yeah, off a off a huge glacier or something. Because that that too is something, especially seeing it now with the 
progression of climate change, the proliferation of glaciation, melting, like these ancient glaciers just falling into the sea. Oh. Like, and they, did, did you ever see like the video of the huge calving incident or calving? I don't know how it's pronounced. I want to say it was like four or five years ago when a piece of glacier the size of Manhattan came off. Oh, yeah. And watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. That, that's another thing with the scale. And I think, you know, when, when you get into climate change at large, that's where people have a really difficult time conceptualizing it. It's just the scale of what we're dealing with, the scale of the oceans and how they respond to it, the scale of just the, the weather system as a whole. It's, it's just in, in the, the time scale at which it's occurring, at which it occurred naturally, just so different than the way it's occurring now. So basically, the, the temperature rise over the last 150 years was the equivalent as the same temperature rise last time, which took 100,000 years. Yes. But don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. It's natural. It's natural because it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. We can't. God willing. God willing is raising the temperature to five degrees Celsius higher than it should be. Oh no! World doomed. Yeah, and here's here's what I worry about, and this is related to oceans. It's like when obviously, like when when oceans and when water takes in CO two, the pH drops and it becomes more acidic, and that's that's like some some good basic chemistry, the bicarbonate buffer system, where the CO two dissolves into the water, forms carbonic acid, which then decays in the water, releases hydrogen ion becomes bicarbonate and then releases the second hydrogen ion becomes carbonate. And those hydrogen ions lower the pH and make it more acidic. And as the pH drops and it becomes more acidic, the ability of the ocean to absorb CO2 becomes less. So it becomes a CO2 deflector instead. Yeah. Of and it will not be able to absorb the CO2 that it has been able to. And because basically the ocean almost acts as a buffer. I mean, not even almost, it acts as a buffer to climate change. It's a sponge. Exactly, it's a a sponge. It's the only thing we have aside from trees, which we're also cutting down. So not to be doomer, but it's it's not great. Yeah, yeah. It's basic industry. I gotta say, that was a really cool breakdown of the acidification process of the ocean. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I had to bring some of my background into this. Uh, What was your... What was your degree in again? Biomedical engineering. Oof, this motherfucker is smart. <laughs> um, but going back to respect, we don't have the same respect for the ocean. Not in the same, so not in the environmentalist sense, but in the like raw reverence. Yeah, for respect it. for the power. Yes. I'm bringing up that point because of what you said about climate change. We don't understand it. The ocean has been... <laughs> what's been helping us this whole time in that sense, because we don't have a broad cultural respect for it anymore. And, uh, you know, we don't travel by the ocean. We travel by air. So we don't travel by sea. We don't get the scale. We don't get the distance. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, you also see that too. And this, this is nothing, this isn't a commentary against surfing. So I think it's badass, but like <laughs> that, that, that people can, can surf a hundred foot waves now in like Madeira, Portugal, and that's posted on YouTube and people can see it. And like, you do appreciate the scale of the wave there, but then you see a human being conquering it. And it, it gives us, well, just, I think, a greater sense of kind of like invincibility. 
you know, that's an interesting point that you said conquering, because when I was thinking about the possible emotional state of the surfer, I thought that the surfer was feeling one unity with the I, I agree actually. Yeah. The know? surfer I think feels the connection. I think yeah. people watching her like, wow, we can we can you know because you, you don't feel that like that sublime adrenaline and connection unless you're resting that wave unless you're yeah. riding it down like because you that's when you have to have the most respect for it because you know if you waver one inch you're falling into it and you're dead but you also have to feel this strong connection with it so you know exactly what to do exactly you feel all the water underneath you I, and you know i'm not a surfer but this is just my you know possible interpretation of their mindset and also they have to enter a state of flow Mm-hmm. that's right that's right it's just really cool surfing's cool but we definitely need to respect the ocean and by extension on a broader level just nature but you know oh well yeah i mean that that's i think what it comes down to is just a a larger respect for nature as a whole and just for, for with everything it kind of provides for us because and everything that we can provide to it too you know like we're not separate from nature we are as much a part of it as any tree or any insect any fish any mammal and just because well, yeah, we're not we separate. have awareness of our own oblivion doesn't mean <laughs> that we're above anything else well at least in the west that comes from our lovely abrahamic values oh hell yes judeo-christian abrahamic yeah the good old judeo-christian dog whistle <laughs> Uh, whoa <laughs> hold on not the way you meant it no yeah bring the kid on and talk about that <laughs> oh no brother i don't know about that <laughs> um that would be an interesting conversation i guess this is a good you know natural sort of conclusion to our short roundtable discussion about the broad concept of the ocean creflo do you happen to have any final thoughts on the ocean yeah i i hope that whoever decides to listen to this learns a little something whether it's about the chemistry that i talked about or (laughs) whether it's about kind of looking at the ocean like rather than the way we kind of like objectively view things in the west especially or like the way we view it as a utility and more so as something that we're connected to on a spiritual level on an existential level I, i hope that people can kind of glean that from the episode and also, to conclude, I have a couple things to plug. Oh, no way. Plug, plug my podcast, Public Access. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm, I'm going to plug Oak Chat. Uh, Oak Chat? Oak Chat as a whole. That's and a good, good couple plugs. I'm going to plug my favorite bands, New Jupiter. New Jupiter? It's been, been defunct for three years. Oh. No matter. Hmm. <laughs> well, I have nothing. I have nothing of my own to plug. <laughs> That's all right. Next time I have you on, you you'll plug your band. Yeah, I'll plug my bands. I'll maybe maybe next time one of us are on, like in Oak Chat, we can plug the theoretical Oak Chat music thing we're maybe doing. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But you know, if you're listening to this, big things coming. Big things coming, baby. Promise you. Get ready to shit. Um, I was going to maybe lean into the, um, you know, the unity that we should feel with it Mm -hmm. instead of how we cast 
a lesser glance down on the ocean. We throw uh, our shit in it. Yeah, we throw our shit in it. We got, you know, a great garbage patch. We got a great garbage patch. Like thrice the size of Texas. Thrice the size of fucking Texas, kid. And you know, you know what we got to do? You know what we fucking got to do? We got to have Chorgas cut there. We got to have Chorgas He's got to fucking eat it. Eat the whole fucking thing. Yeah, see, we gotta have Chorga squat there. We gotta have them go Chorgo mode and eat all the garbage. In the eat all the fucking ocean. garbage, kid. Oh the my garbage gone. Oh my god. But uh, yeah, let's uh, log off there. This is Warehouse Guy signing off. This is Creflo signing off. Um, See you on the other side. Take it easy. <laughs>